Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Were you like, here's my husband's cell phone yeah. number? <laughs> give him a call. Don't give him a call. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Otherwise, you're just going to owe me a lot of referrals. Right. <laughs> Are we going to have to edit that? <laughs> Terry Watson. Cut out everything before that. Yeah. All that, all that. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top-producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Okay, hello. Hey, Katie. How are you today? Oh, just great. I feel a little disheveled, honestly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a little all over the place, but we're going to do episode number 120. Okay. And this is going to be... What to say when? What to say when? I think this will be good because you have the finesse. Oh, you're going to get the my words. fancy words? Yes. Like I will say the we're gonna, answer we're gonna and fluff then you it. can Fine, fluffy I'll, it up. You say it. I'll, <laughs> I'll critique it and fluff it. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not going to critique it. Um, but before that. Yes. Do the flip report. I went by the house okay. and <laughs> my contractor's truck was backed in um, and the beams are here. Oh my God. The big, they go beautiful like the beams. We kind of went beam happy. I love it. So we well, got one for the living detail room. detail is important. It is. We got one for the living room. Okay. We got one to go over the casing into the hallway from the living room. The, there's three entrances into the kitchen. Okay. All three will have one. Love Just it. beams everywhere. Beams. All the beams. And then I said, we should have gotten beams for the porch posts. Uh. There's only two. I said, maybe we could just wrap it. <laughs> wrap them. And, yeah, and, and he said, no. He's like, no, I will not. No, He said, we need beams. So, I, I don't like, know I if will he's go get more beams. charging me for the said beams. I, I, I feel don't. like he's got to charge you, friend. <laughs> I don't think they just give out beams for free these days. You're right. You're right. Um, so I don't. I don't know what the cost will be on that, but it'll. You're like I have to. I have to have them. You do have to. You do have to have them. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the showers are tiled. I've seen. I think you've posted a picture. Yeah, they look so, so good. good. So good. And the kitchen floors are done. Okay, I don't know. And I've seen that. So I always just thought that you know you'd stagger the tile, uh-huh. but Whitney was like, no, you really need to like do it straight. Oh. So I was nervous, and it looks amazing. It looks good. Okay, great. It looks very clean, and I've mm-hmm. also noticed, now I'm noticing when I go- That it's like that in a lot of new it, construction. Yes. Yeah. It, yes. it goes around. Right. It just makes it look cleaner, mm-hmm. less lines, like less okay. busy, I guess. Love it. So I'm very pleased with that decision. Great. And um, yes, that is where we are. Fabulous. Coming along. So happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, 
The end. The flip report. The flip report. Okay. Carry on to what to say when. So we have some frequently asked questions that come up that are sometimes hard to answer. And we're not, and we haven't practiced to this. I honestly didn't even make notes. (laughs) So we're going to, we're going to do them on the fly as you would with a client. Sure. So maybe I'm sure there could be some better ways to do this. Look. But this is just to get your reels turning about what would you say? Think about the possibilities. Right. Because we're not script people. Mm -mm. You know, there are people out there who will tell you to do the scripts (laughs) and practice them every day and call your friend on the phone and do fake scenarios. I've never been able to do that. I can't do it. Yeah, me either. I just can't. And look, I'm not saying it doesn't work and it's not practical and it's not helpful to like hone your craft. But what I'm saying is I can't take myself seriously Mm -hmm. and I would rather just learn in the wild. (laughs) (laughs) So now we've learned in the wild and we're just going to tell you. So you could just repeat after us on the show. Yeah. New script with us. Wonderful. Okay. um, Let's start with what I think these two are completely people are like, I don't need that. These are um, seller problems that aren't happening much right now because of the market, but they will, and they'll be the hardest questions you answer. And it says, what to say when the seller won't reduce the price. Mm. Okay, Alyssa, what what do you (laughs) say when you know it's time to reduce the price and the seller is pushing back? So when I know it's time, I kind of just, I've put it out there. Right. I've let them know that, hey, Based on the market, mm-hmm. I always base it off of facts. Yes. So Data. I try to send them an email yeah, with the updated market analysis right. that just says, hey, just wanted to let you know we're still sitting here at 310. Yeah. The sales are all in the 290s. Yeah. I still think we need to be at 299. I just wanted to share this updated market analysis with you. Right. You, I like to say this. Um, no homes have sold in your price or like no new homes have been sold or gone under contract. Like just go back to the data and always the big bad, the market. Yeah. The market is saying, and here's the thing I always say to sellers. And I usually say in the beginning and then I'll have to repeat it again. In the beginning, I'll say, if they're pushing me on price from the jump and Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is not right. I know it's not right, but I'm willing to give a little. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say, look, if you have no showings, then the market is telling you the price is too high. If you have lots of showings and no offers, then the market is telling you the condition is not good. Right. Okay. So a lot of people saw the price, saw the house, looked at, I'm going to go. And then they go, no offers. Then something's wrong with the house. Yes. There's some sort of obstacle people are not able to get past. I like that. Okay. But if they don't come at all, it's got to be price. your price. Right. Got to be your price. So... Um, my old broker used to say, you have to get two out of three things right when you sell your house. Location, price, and condition. Hmm. If the location is what it is, it's great or it's bad. What if it's bad? Well, then you better have the right price and the best condition. Sure. If the location is great, maybe the condition doesn't have to be great, but the price still has to be right. Two out of three always have to be right. I really like that. Love that. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a really easy way to explain it to your seller and say, look, we've got to get two of these three things right. Yes, I agree. Your location is the best, Mm -hmm. but you're not the you're not the most updated or you're not you can't also price it so high and not be the most updated. And it kind of 
helps them understand. I always try to avoid saying, in my opinion. <laughs> no, never. It's never your opinion. The market. It's always based on facts and data, based mm-hmm. on what I am seeing in the market, yeah. based on what the market is doing, based on yeah. the house that just sold down the street. Yes, data. Oh, yes, data. data. You are a messenger. Not What did, what did Terry you, say? Yesterday, we took a continuing education class with Terry Watson, and he so said, good. you never want to be the source. Yes. You want to be the, the source, source of, of the the source, source that's but right. never the, the source. source. I know. And that's that great advice. Uh, and if you ever get a chance to see Terry Watson, who hopefully you will need have to. on the show. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, we certainly harassed him to come on the show. Uh, he's amazing. What he a is. great, what a great speaker. He is. Okay. Next up in the same vein, the seller asks you why the house isn't selling. I think that your answer. Just revisit. Just revisit that same thing. Why isn't my house selling? And going through what you just said about the three, yep. there's three things, Mr. Seller, yep. that we can and can't control. Yep. What can we control in this situation? Right. What has the feedback been? How many showings have we had? I will also tell you, and I don't know if we've d- discussed this on a previous episode, whenever it gets to this point where the seller's pressing you or you feel like it's time, look, don't wait for the seller to press you, first of all. Mm-hmm. Be giving a weekly report that t- it's not an auto report, that it's you sending an email or phone call, something that says, hey, these showings have happened. This has been the feedback. Just a recap, even right. though you should have been sending them that as it happened. You know, X house has been listed. X house has been sold. No other houses have gone under contract in the last week. You know, this is what I think the other your price might need to be. And if you're giving them all that data, without them having to push you, then it's not going to be such a hard yeah, thing to deal with. So just give it to them. And I also feel like I get asked this question at the listing appointment. How do you handle price reductions? Right. What do we do if it doesn't sell? And I always tell them I don't have a specific time frame that I go off of. Mm-hmm. I base it off of are we showing, how yeah. many showings, and what has the feedback been? Yeah. The market has to tell us tell what us. they think. That's it's not exactly about right. what I think. Yep. So we'll just have to see what happens. Okay, this one falls in line with our pushy seller. The seller wants an open house every weekend. Mr. Seller. <laughs> Please go. It is not in your best interest to hold the house open every weekend. Right. By doing that, it takes away the serious buyers that would have to make an appointment with their agent. Whenever somebody makes an appointment with their agent, I know who to follow up with. I know that they're vetted and pre-approved. So by having the open house, it just lets anybody come. Why make an appointment if it's always open every Sunday? Every Sunday, they can just come to this house. Right. And it also just kills the momentum that mm-hmm. we have in the market. It It's exciting to have one open house. But if right. it's open every Sunday, there is no excitement there. Well, people are going to start to think, why is this house still here? Right. It's stale. Mm-hmm. You could wait a month. I think you wait a while before you do an open house. I don't do an open house until four or five weeks in. Yeah, so you could wait a month, do an open house. There's a chance people will be like, oh, I've not noticed this house before. And then I tell them the open houses are not necessarily to sell the home. Right. But it is to get additional feedback from the public. Mm -hmm. So if we feel like we're not getting feedback from our showings, perhaps an open house would help with getting buyers in the or lookers in the door to Mm -hmm. at least let me know what they think needs to be done. Yeah. But I just try to preface that the open house is likely not going to sell the home. Yeah. But it can't hurt us. Well, I'll tell you what I tell my seller. It is 
up to you, but the open house is open to the public. So mm-hmm. if you're living here and you're worried about safety, the open house is the least safe thing we can do. Right. No one has vetted these people. Anybody can drive by the sign and roll in and potentially do harm me in some way in your home. Mm-hmm. Do you want that to happen? Right. No. Now, it doesn't mean I haven't recommended an open house for some of my clients, but when they're like, well, do you do one every weekend? I'll be like, no, that's just an, every, that's just more chances for me to be, you know. <laughs> Kidnapped. Right, from your home. Yeah. So, okay. Now we're going to move on to some buyer ones. Okay. Okay. The buyer asks you what to offer in a multiple offer situation. <laughs> what should it, I offer? I tell them. In a multiple offer situation, we usually do not get to know what the other offers are. And at that point, it becomes, what is the house worth to you? Mm-hmm. It can't be, what is it worth to me? All I can do is show you the data mm-hmm. of what the sales have been. And you have to come up with a number on your own. Right. And I also tell them, look, if I have to call you and tell you that we lost, Mm -hmm. you need to be at peace with it because you know Mm -hmm. you were not willing to go any higher. That was your highest and best. And you were at peace with the number that you chose. Right. Right. And they usually understand that. They might ask my opinion. I do tell them it goes over asking. Usually, right. like Look, we yeah. can't, no, we cannot try to make a low offer in a multiple in a offer multiple situation. Offer. That is just if a you waste if you want time. the house, right, right. But I do tell them they have to pick the number because I don't want the responsibility of we didn't get the house because of you. Okay, great. I also find that I say this a lot, not necessarily in multiple offers, but at some point in the process with any buyer, I say, I don't care if you buy this house. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. You have to pay for it. You have to live in it. I'm not going to tell you to buy the house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you with data and information to make like a sound financial decision. But if you love the house, we've talked about this before. If you love the house, it's in multiple offers. Is it worth $5,000 over asks to you? Probably. How Mm -hmm. long are you going to live there? Five years? That's $1,000 a year. I do tell them to think about that. Is this a long-term home for you? Then it doesn't matter as much if you overpay We are still protected by appraisal. It might appraise, though, so you can't go in hoping the appraisal comes in low. Uh And I tell them to, listen, I I bring up the fact that cancellations are not professional. Right. And that's probably good. I do tell them, I say, look, this is a multiple offer situation. I just had this this past weekend with a client where I said, listen, they are expecting multiple offers. I don't want you to make an offer unless you are sure. Right. And they really weren't sure. And so they but were. They were. So they made an offer that was lower. Mm-hmm. And the seller chose us to counter okay. because they liked our terms. We let them pick the close date because okay. my people are living with family because we already okay. sold their house. All right. Um, every, we didn't ask for anything else. Clean, conventional. So what happened? And I said, before you take this, I feel like I kind of talked him out of it, but I knew I could just tell from talking to them it wasn't the one. I said, I only want y'all to take this if it's the one. And they they said, we don't think it's the one. We feel like what we offered was Was the best. Well, good. Then at least they listened to what you told them. They did. They listened. It was a great. Great experience. Perfect. They listened. Perfect. They listened. I feel like the pro- it helped us through the process, you know? 
Okay. But. I like that. This one is then at, let's just, we're going to take this from two angles. You were in a multiple offer, so you got it. You got the house, but there were lots of others. Okay. And you bought a house. You're the buyer's agent, but there was not a multiple offer situation. And here's the here's the what to say when. The buyer wants to request every single item on the inspection. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tell me the two ways, because it's not the same. What do you mean? Well, I think I would give different advice if you've oh, been in a multiple offer situation seller. and you, well, yeah, definitely buyer or seller, but let's just go buyer. Mm-hmm. If you were in a multiple offer and you paid over ask, I'm not going to allow you to then also like ticky tack all the way down the inspection to try and, because then it feels like entrapment of this. I would never want that done to my seller. Right. So I don't want to come back with my buyer and be like, yeah, I gave you 15000 over ask, but now I'm going to ask you for 15000 in repairs. Yes. I just think that's unethical. Agreed. Unless something came up that you really couldn't tell. and Surprised. Right. And you're like, oh, shoot, like the actual roof needs to be replaced. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to say, oh, well, I mean, you paid over ask. Mm-hmm. Ask for everything that's on the list. Sure. They're going to make a perfect house for you. What do you say? Honestly, ever since I had the t- repair request template yeah, where I send them the the template that says, hey, I've typed up a draft repair request mm-hmm. for you to review. These are the things that would be customary to ask for. Mm-hmm. But while we are in the house with the home inspector, I tell them at the end, okay, here's what happens next. We're going to get the report. We're going to look at it. Right. I would advise asking for money. Yeah. Closing costs. It just, I've been in situations where the final walkthrough was messy yeah. because things weren't done the way that maybe you would have done them. Well, They're right. done. Right. But because the seller's leaving. Right. And you're going to be coming in. So yeah. maybe you want to find your own AC mm-hmm. person. Maybe you want to find your own electrician. Agree. So I do try to get them money or maybe just like a mixture. Okay. So. Um, like, oh, $2,500 in lieu of repairs and seller to clean and service the AC and make yeah. sure it's in working order. Right. Something like that. Okay. A, com- a, a simple combo. Right. Um, on the pushback, if I get pushed, but well, shouldn't we ask for that loose toilet to be extra tight? <laughs> Nope. Shouldn't we ask for that? I just let them know, listen, they don't have to do any of this. No. So by asking for the important things, it only increases our chances of right. getting everything done. I feel like done. when you put 10 things on there, but you only care about two, they're mm-hmm. just like, you're asking for too much and they don't want to do any. When you could have just asked for the two you wanted and been like, this is sort of my walk away, lip, right? Like, sure, I have to have this or not okay. Um, also, I always say this. And you, I think, also maybe have told me this or say this. When you're leaving the inspection and we're talking about, I'm going to send you the draft or you're going to get the report Mm -hmm. and we're going to discuss whatever your system is for that. I always say, we're going to ask for things that fall into these buckets. Systems, safety, and structure. Mm -hmm. We're not going to ask for every piece of rotten wood to be fixed, Mm -hmm. every loose toilet. Like, that house is in fine working order with the loose toilet, right? I mean, like one little drip out of the back of the faucet. There's always that, right? Yep. The drip when it's on, it's dripping. I'm like, it, right? It's not dripping when it's off. Who cares? Right. Again, so <gasps> systems, structure, and safety is another thing that is really easy to help them kind of hone in on what's important when they're thinking about that repair request. And also reminding them the point of the home inspection is not to make the old house new. (laughs) Right. That's a great thing to say. It's just to check for safety. Right. And major issues. Yep. Okay. Um, I guess do you would just basically give the same advice whether you were paying overprice, not overprice, over list price, multiple offer. You just say the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fine. 
Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Guess what? What? We have updated the email templates. Finally. Whoa. <laughs> Hallelujah. They are updated and there are more of them. Yes, we have 10 buyer templates, right? 15 seller templates, mm -hmm. as well as a checklist for when to send all the emails at what point in the transaction. Yes, so you don't have to guess when they go. It's very specific. <laughs> this happens now, then you send this email. So this is what they need to know. This is what they need to know right now. Also, there are six attachments that go along with some of the seller side. So like move out checklist and showing prep or all that stuff. So there's all the information you will ever need to tell your clients in one of these templates. Yes. And if you still aren't sure, you can go back and listen to episode 31, where we talk about the importance of the templates and why we use them. Like, what are we even doing? So we hope that they help you because they have helped us so much. Immensely. And we have gotten so many wonderful reviews about how they have helped others. And so now they are up to date and ready for you. Yeah. And you can go read reviews and all the information at email templates 101. .com. Lovely. How easy is that? Great. Okay, y'all enjoy. Bye. Um, all right, here's a tricky one. Buyer asks you, is this a safe area? So per our licensing law, I am not allowed to comment on crime and safety. I am supposed to refer you to the website, the Sheriff's Department website, or really? the local Here's law enforcement. Here's my husband's cell phone yeah. <laughs> Give him a call. Don't give him a call. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, but I do tell them that I can only speak based on property value. Yeah. And if an if a subdivision is appreciating, depreciating, I can pull comps from last year to this year, right. five years ago to this year. Numbers only. Right. So we can look at is this area appreciating? Right. Or is it depreciating? Right. Is this where you would want to invest? And then you can just point them in the direction of the resource website or yes. whatever website it is where they can check crime statistics or sex offenders mm -hmm. or anything that they want to know. You cannot be the source of that information. And again, I like to say because of my licensing law. I like that wording. It's not me. Again, I'm not the source. No, I can't do it. I'm referencing the source. Me. I'm referencing the Louisiana Real Estate Commission. Yeah. Um, and I think that can really quickly fall into the fair housing issues mm -hmm. too. And so if people press you you just tell them I'm not I'm not allowed to answer that question. I do tell them if you are worried and since it's not something I can give you advice on after you look up statistics, I think it's very important to drive through neighborhoods you're not familiar with. Yeah, to see what see, people are doing. Do I see myself living here? Yeah, this is where I'm going to live. Right. How yeah. do well, the like, neighboring properties look? Are they just, taken care of? Yeah. Are the properties taken care of? What are people doing? Mm -hmm. Are people around in the day? Are they around in the afternoon? Are they around on the, like, where? what's going on in there? I think it's great to drive by neighborhoods. For sure. Mm -hmm. At different times of day and mm -hmm. different, but now <laughs> in the fast market, yeah, you we can't don't have do time all that. for a lot of no. drive-bys. But I don't think there's anything wrong with doing extra research during your inspection period. That's what the inspection period is for. Right. If you wanted to search up a crime stat or a flood zone or a school district, that's when you're supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Here's a great one. The buyer wants to go, in your words, all over the place looking at houses. <laughs> Where is all over the place and what do you tell them? That is a good one to say. I do tell them, look, we really need to narrow down what's important to you. Right. I know it depends on the house. Yeah. But we have to understand what is your where do you work? Where do your kids go to school? Right. What is the plan? 
what are you looking for? And I tell them too, if it's a, if it's an area, so I just had a client that was like, hey, Alyssa, I think I want to buy, I don't know if I want to be in Livingston or Central or Baton Rouge or Zachary. You're like, what? I said, well, I'm just going to let you know if it is in like Livingston, depending where it is, I don't go all those areas because okay. I live so far away. I may not serve you best. I would maybe have to refer you to an agent that works Livingston. Well, I'm not sure if I want Livingston. It's just on the radar of possibilities. We're going to have to get off the radar and into mm-hmm. like go do the drive-by. Yes. So I tell them whenever you are not sure of your area, you're going to be doing a lot more of the legwork before we go look at houses. You're going to be doing drive-bys to make sure, because we're not going to drive 50 minutes away to get there and you say, this is too far. Nope. I don't want to be here. Right. That's something we need to figure out way before we did the showing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then also just really filtering the houses that they send you. So if they send you a list of eight houses that they want to go see, take 10 minutes and pull the addresses, check the property disclosures, check the subdivision. Do you know that it's way overpriced for that subdivision? Right. Do you know that it's 50 minutes away from his work? Make notes on all the properties and say, I made, I went through all the ones that you just sent me and I made some notes. I, and I, you know, I like the red, orange and green system. Oh, right. Yes. But you have like a spreadsheet going. Well, I just reply to their email. And oh, as, the I, okay. as I I just highlight the addresses, green, this one looks good. It's yep. close to your okay. work. It didn't flood. I, there's nothing on the property disclosure. It's a great neighborhood. Orange is like, this looks like a great house. It's priced well. It did flood. I don't know if that matters mm-hmm. to you. And then red is like, this one's 50 minutes away from your house and it's, it's only a three bedroom. You said you needed a four bedroom. Right. So I'm kind of self-eliminating. Right. And then I end it with saying, so here are my notes. Maybe you could drive by some and let me know which ones are your top pick. Right. You do the drive by and let me know. But also say, if they do say you, they do have eight houses they want to see. Say that's just what they want to do. Yeah. I tell them, well, we're going to keep it all in an area. Right. Well, like you have to at least stay in a certain. So what are your top five? Right. Tell me the top four or five. If it's not in the top five, it's not going to be the house. Right. It's just not. No. So I do tell them, well, because this one is way farther out than the others, we're going to just have to save it for another day. <laughs> right. I've had to tell people, we we cannot go from this side of town to the, like, from, I can't go from Prairieville to Zachary. Right. No. Did I do it early in my career? Sure. Yup. I wish I wouldn't have. I Right. It's just, and it's not helpful for them because here's no. the tr- honest truth. Any buyer truly and honestly doesn't want to live one hour apart from each other. They either like one or they like the other. Mm-hmm. In our market, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe in a rural area, it, it, an, a one-hour radius is fine. I don't know. But here, it is a totally different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You have different amenities. You have different schools. Everything is different from mm-hmm. one side to the other, like from one parish to the other. So anyway, I, I, I agree with all that you have said there. Okay. What about when a buyer asks, do you show for sale by owners? I sure do. I've sold many for sale by owners. I sure do. Just make sure that anytime you see a sign, no matter if it's another real estate sign or a for sale by owner sign, you never call the sign. Never call the sign. Always let me be the point of contact Mm -hmm. to arrange the appointment, get information on the house, and then we'll go from there. Perfect. You know what Terry Watson said yesterday? What? 
Say it in 10 words or less. <laughs> less is more. So whenever you're answering these questions, you don't have to go on and on and on. Have the thing that you say and that you're used to saying and just like you did just there. 10 mm -hmm. words or less. The I, end. I sure do. Sure Let do. me call. Let me make the call. Never call any signs. I'm happy to call those for you. The end. I mean, it's, it's in, no different than any other fine. house. No different. I do sometimes tell them if they are like questioning how it works that the for sale by owners are trying to save money. Mm -hmm. So by not hiring a listing agent, they are trying to save money. Money. Mm -hmm. Usually I have found in my transactions with the for sale by owners they're more than happy for an agent to bring the buyer. Right. Because then they are saving half the money yeah. that they would have spent. And mm -hmm. now they have a professional handling the paperwork. Yeah. So they are actually hoping yeah. that a buyer's agent will come along. Yeah. So that they only have to pay half. Because yeah. if they don't sell while they are for sale by owner, they will have to go and pay the full amount. Yeah. And I feel like that lets the buyers know that I'm not hurting them right. in the for sale by owner situation. Because they're worried. Right, right, right. Uh, they're worried that if I'm involved, they won't get the house. Here's the other thing I would like to say about that. A lot of these things, you don't want them to press you. You want to have addressed them on the front end. Right. Okay, so if you are sending email templates, the your, congrats, you're pre-approved, has buyer rules, it addresses for sale by owner. Mm -hmm. This question will likely never come up because they've already read it and they already know what your buyer rules are and that you can handle it. So that, I do have some clients right now that are very specific on a subdivision. Okay. And there's a lot of like next door, hey guys, I'm selling my house. I know. You know, and she just came to me and she, she said, Alyssa, what do we do if there is a house that is just off market, it's perfect for us, and they just don't want an agent? You're like, wow. And I said, well, I would never get in the way of you. Right buying your dream home. Yeah. If it's the if it's the right house, I'm not going to get in the way of that. Yeah. Your options would be to buy it without me or option two would be to hire me to guide you through the transaction. This right. is what that looks like. Right. I understand that that's not typical in our market, but mm -hmm. if it's something that you feel comfortable doing, we could do that route. Otherwise, you're just going to owe me a lot of referrals. Right. <laughs> uh, I think that's funny. But you know, that just triggered something for me. There's a lot of talk. We're not going to get deep into this uh, right now about, you know, the way commissions are structured. And mm -hmm. there may come a day in the not so distant future where it isn't the seller that pays both mm -hmm. sides, where we're going to have to learn talking points for our buyers to express to them our value, and they're going to pay us directly. Sure. It's not going, it's the same principle, right? Look, you, and you don't, they don't know the difference if you tell them, hey, you're, you're absolutely welcome to use me as your agent and pay my commission. Mm -hmm. The end. You're hiring me for, it's kind of mind blowing that it's not that way. It is totally mind blowing that it's not that way. And it's, it's just that simple. A lot of buyers probably wouldn't think twice about you saying, well, if you'd like to work together, here's my buyer's agreement. This is what the mm -hmm. commission structure is. You will pay that at closing. I'm sure if this actually goes down, which I think it will, lenders are going to structure this where they can put it in their loan. We're going to have to. Right? I just think of the buyers doing 100% financing. Yeah, they mean, don't have money. They, they need representation the most. Right. The, the most. So anyway, I just remember that 
you can certainly, it's not weird to say, oh, not a problem. If the if it's an off-market listing and you would like my, my representation, you can pay my commission. Sure. It's easy. Yep. We can work out the number. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, X percent is better than zero percent. Right. right. So whatever you work out, whether right. it's market standard or not, mm-hmm. better than nothing. Sure. Okay. Um, how about this one? Actually, before we move on to that one, um, Terry also said yesterday, I'm not going to force you to make an offer, but the market will. Yes, I like that. I like that one back on the when they ask you what to do in a multiple offer situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not going to force you to make an offer, but the market will. One of the questions on here is what is the likelihood of a multiple offer situation if your buyer asks you or your seller? Yeah. What is the likelihood of a multiple offer situation? What do you say? If I have the seller, I tell them, I understand that there's a lot of buzz out there about it being such a hot market. Mm-hmm. I tend to be more conservative with setting expectations yeah. because I don't want to overpromise. I think that you have a great house, great neighborhood, but it is still very house specific. Right. If your house is a two-bedroom or if your house is far away or if your house needs some repairs or unless you're just that cookie cutter stamp, perfect price, perfect everything, it may or may not happen. I don't want you to think that there's something wrong if it doesn't happen. Right. But that's, of course, what we're aiming for in the presenting and marketing. The market will tell us. When I have the buyers, I tell them, depending on their price range, it, it's very possible that what you're looking for, other people are looking for, and we're going to have to act quickly. Yeah, I, I'll tell them, especially if it's new to the market. If you find something that's been on the market a couple of weeks, okay, well, maybe not, but sure. maybe so. You never know when those darn multiple offers are going to happen. Right. But less likely, but on day one or day zero, I mean, if it's the great house that you've been waiting for, you're not the only one who's been waiting for it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's answers that question. Okay, how about... We're going to do one more on buyers and then we're going to I have one for sellers. Okay. Okay. When the buyer is in the showing and they say, or not in the, sh- but most usually in the showing, well, how much does that cost? <laughs> like a make a repair, renovate a kitchen. They, oh, well, there's a shed that needs to be removed in the backyard. There's something. Mm-hmm. They look at you and they're like, well, how much does that cost? Or the other option is, they're like, well, that's going to be $5,000 to paint that bathroom. I'll be like, well, surely not. Right, right. What do you say? I say it depends. <laughs> but from my experience. Hard to say. Just learn this one. Right. Hard to say. Hard to say. That's hard to say. Hard to say. <laughs> but I might throw out a range. No, I think that's fine. You know, just depending what it is, if I feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, I would also say, look. We can't guess what the price of something is. If you want to know what the price of a window is, here's some vendors you can call on the phone and ask an average price of a window. Here's a, a painter. Here's this is what your vendor list is for. Don't guess. Mm-hmm. Don't not buy the house because you think it's going to cost $20,000 to paint a dining room or mm-hmm. like they, buyers will give out some crazy numbers. I do have a funny situation. So I went on a listing appointment recently. The house is not great. He wants top dollar because his neighbor just sold for top dollar. Oh, yes. To be honest, I am surprised the neighbor got what the neighbor got. Okay. So I'm like, well, maybe. maybe. Who, knows? Who knows? Who knows? This market, I just can't figure it out. Okay. He said, now listen, the driveway is all busted up, you know, because of the trees. <laughs> He's like, come in closer. Now listen. Yes. <laughs> the driveway is a mess. Um, And I said, well, I don't think that it really matters. Like you can, I didn't notice it. 
we live in, here in Louisiana. That's common. It's very common, yeah. especially in this neighborhood. Every driveway has cracks or, yeah. you know, we have so many trees and wet soil. Right. It just is what it is. He said, I got an estimate on it mm-hmm. to replace it. And it's $12,000. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. Because this house is not Holy an expensive smokes. house. He said, but I wanted you to know that. So that if a buyer says, well, replacing a driveway is going to be $20,000. He was like, it's not. It's, it's 12. only $12,000. You know, that brings up, and I think we've talked about this in our staging episode, I feel like, or at least my stager used to say this all the time. Um, if when you're preparing your listing just like that and you can't afford the driveway, at least know the at, get the estimate. Right. He you, got it. You as the seller get the estimate so that when a buyer does have that objection, you can say, well, it's X dollars. <laughs> I would have thought eight. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. that wasn't that all. But. He said, if somebody says it's going to be 20,000, you say it is not. It is not. It is going to be 12. 12. Great. 12. Okay. Thank you. I, I like that was a good tip. That really <laughs> leads right into this. Um you had a story, it says, about an interview where the seller told me he liked my responses more than the other agent who just agreed with everything he had to say. Yes. Do you remember this? I do remember this. So this agent, this this was a relocation situation where they had to interview had to do that three interview. agents. Yep. And he was a he was in the car business. Mm-hmm. He was a super nice guy, but he was definitely interviewing by the book by the book <laughs> he had, interviewing he had, he had list. right like he wanted to know list price to sales like, price ratio what are your weaknesses <laughs> yes yes <laughs> knew. All, all the things all the things but he said um my wife is interested in having the house staged do you stage okay and i just said i don't stage with furniture but i do have accessories to just make the house feel more inviting yeah. and you know welcoming I think that your furniture that you have is actually great. Right. Um, if there are some pieces that could stay, like your dining table for the right. dining room. And he was kind of like, interesting. You know, the other agent said they would stage is what he told me. And I said, well, you know, staging does cost thousands of dollars. Right. And I don't stage with furniture. The times that I have staged with furniture, the seller paid, paid for it. He asked if we could have an open house on the holiday weekend because he <laughs> thought that would be a great idea. I said, I'm not going to do an open house on the holiday weekend. Right. I have found that those are the slowest weekends mm-hmm. for a visitor. And he, you could tell, he said the other agent said they would do it. They're like, well, I I'm said, not. well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise that. And I went into my spiel about, you know, it opens the door to the public. I don't know who to right. follow up with. Mm-hmm. Are they pre-approved? Are they vetted? And he said, I never thought about that. He looked at his wife. He goes, she's not telling us what we want to hear. Thank you. She's just telling me the truth. He looked at me. He goes, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. He was like, I like that. I like that. Good job. I was like, oh, <gasps> I feel like I'm good. That's why I, you I don't like win. Vindication. Yes. I don't win all my interview situations, right. but I feel like I have gotten better at the interview process because of how often I am interviewed. Fair. That's the only way you can get better. Mm-hmm. But it's just simply answering the question honestly. Okay, here's a great when you're in the listing and the seller says, well, do I have to stage or do I have to pack up this clutter or do I have to, you know, the seller mm-hmm. presses you and what do you say when the seller says, well, I think the house looks great the way it is. I'm just telling you based on what I'm seeing in the market. 
that buyers are giving us a lot of pushback on condition. This is the list that mm-hmm. I made with the photographer. Yeah on how the house needs to look to get it to sell. Okay. This is based on my experience with buyers plus the photographer's experience with photos. And if it's on this list, we really need to get it done. So your floral drapes and your bedding and your clutter and your knickknacks, they need to go. I also tell them that getting the house ready for the market is stage one of moving and packing. Right. If we list and you get an offer, you you have 30 days to get out. Get out of here. Start the process. Make your life easier. Right. Foam wrap all your photos and pack all your breakables and, and start the process. So when you get an offer, you're down to the minimum. Right. There is a word that I like that I heard and... If you feel like your seller's feeling attacked or really pushing you back on this, you can call it instead of removing clutter um, that you're pre-packing. So like what you're saying, you just say, well, it's great to pre-pack these things Mm. so that you don't have to worry about doing it later. And it adds to your, you know, checking off your list for the photos or whatever you're going to say. I like that. Um, Terry yesterday said, clutter eats equity. (laughs) Oh my gosh, like if you want him saying if that. If you want to be like real to the point and they're like, do I have to remove my, you yes. know, Santa village that I leave up all year long? Mm-hmm. Um, clutter <laughs> eats equity. My Santa village <laughs> whatever, that I leave up. Whatever it is, like clutter eats equity. And that is just really. I wonder what would happen if we started just answering yes or no. <laughs> do I have to declutter? Yes. Yes. I'm not going to lie. I do sometimes do that. <laughs> Depending on how we're vibing, if they're just like, well, do I need to paint yes. this red um, bathroom? Yes. yes. Do I need? Yes. Yes. I'm sorry to tell you. Yes. And I also do use this. I'll say, buyers in our market are expecting your home to be like they're on an episode of HGTV. Mm-hmm. So they want to walk in with their toothbrush. They don't want to walk in and change your stained carpet. They don't want to walk in and paint your maroon dining room. They don't want to walk in and fix your, you know, broken, whatever, something obvious would be. Uh, so I think it helps them to say, oh, I see it from the buyer's perspective. Right. I don't want to do that either because mm-hmm. most people are moving into another house. Right. So all you have to do is appeal to their buyer sensibilities Mm -hmm. and that helps them to prepare as a seller. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. What about this one? Back to the multiple offer situation. Um, What if your buyer asks, should I write a love letter? Um, Well, new studies have come out. (laughs) The the studies say (laughs) that according to the National Association of Realtors and Fair Housing, that they are causing some harm more than good in some situations. Yeah. Because the seller is not supposed to be choosing offers based off of familial people. status, yeah, people, race, any of those things. So mm-hmm. submitting family photos, you're looking at opening yourself up for a potential lawsuit right. by writing those letters. Yep. If you write that letter, I cannot be the deliverer of yeah. the letter. Yeah. I think that a lot of times, two people don't realize they – Give away too much information. Yes. Regardless of all that other stuff. Maybe you, what if you write the letter and you're like, we can't find anything and this is the best house for us and we're going to live here for our whole life. And then you want to ask for a repair as if a seller is going to grant you any. Right. They're going to live here forever. I'm not doing that. I'm a contractor and I can fix up anything in this house. And then you go to ask for a repair. That's a hard no. Yep. There's going to be like, no, you do that yourself. Uh, okay, so that one's funny. I also, it makes me think about when I show for sale by owners. Yes. 
bless. When you're when you're walking the house and I'll just be like, oh, okay. Have you had a lot of showings? Yes, no. Oh, all right. Have you had any offers? Oh, yeah. We had this one guy offer blah, blah, blah. And, blah, blah. and I'm like, oh, yes. Tell me more. Tell me like, all the things. Where, where are you moving? Yeah. You know, like all that stuff. You know, I just think it's funny what you can get out of a seller. And that stuff you can relay to your potential sellers who are considering for sale by owner. Like there are a lot of things that you might say that you just don't want to say. Right. Right. Like you don't know what to say and what not to say. Um, okay. Do you have any others that you want to cover? I think those were the main things. One that I had highlighted was how often do you find the perfect property on the first day? Huh. It happens. And I always tell them in that situation, look, I just don't, I'm telling you that I have seen other houses and I think that this is a good one if I think it is. Right. It does check all the boxes. Mm -hmm. My fear is that if we pass it up, you're going to be comparing every other house to this house. Right. So you just need to, and I tell them too, I know this is the first house we've walked through, Mm -hmm. but you've been looking online for about six months. Right. And you have a very specified search. Right. So it's not like we haven't done, I've had to say that lately. Just because you only saw the houses previously online doesn't mean you haven't been searching. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes people think, oh, I showed up in person. I like the first house I saw. Well, I can't, t- I can't take that one. Right. I've only seen one. I'm like, no, you've seen hundreds online. Right. You've seen the houses. You just haven't been inside of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of puts their mind at ease a little bit. Right. Um, okay. Here's another one. <laughs> I don't know how to word this, but what do you say when, I do know how to word this. What do you say when your buyer or seller comes to you with the advice or information that their friend, neighbor, mom, dad gave them about their process. Your sales price is too low. mm -hmm. You're offering too high. Depending on what what it because there are so many different ways to come back to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for example, whenever it's a parent situation, and they're critiquing the house that has been chosen. I remind the buyer, look, the market is so different probably than when they bought Mm -hmm. that they didn't get to see our other options. Yeah. They don't realize that the house we're choosing is the best option for you right now because they weren't here for the process. Mm -hmm. We've been through the process, so we're familiar. Yeah. They're giving their opinion based on what they see at the end. Yeah. They don't know what we had to do to get here. Yeah. So. I agree. I had a parent one time who came to um, a showing and they were like, oh, well, I mean, this house is like $200,000 and we no. bought our house. It's much nicer than this for like $60,000. I'm like, what year was that? <laughs> and they're like, you know, 30 years ago. And I'm like, would you like to sell the house that you live in now for $60,000? And they're like, well, no. Oh, and I'm like, that's a good. That's exactly what you're asking for. You are telling me you want your kid to go out there and find this miraculous seller who wants to give them a house priced from 30 years ago. Right. You don't want to do that. No. It just was so funny. That is like, funny. We only paid sixty thousand. I'm like, I I know, and um, I bet you love all that so equity different. you have in your house right, right now. Right. Right. Okay. I'm trying to see. I think. That was yeah. That's all I that have. That was your whole list. The last note was simply to remember that over promising is going to lead to under delivering. Yes. So always be honest. Mm-hmm. If oh, here's another thing I want to say. What to say when? 
If a seller or a buyer asks you a question that you do not know the answer to, you can say, let me think about that. Let me get back to you. Let me look for that information for you. I don't know right now. Please do not make something Mm -mm. up. A lot of times people are like, well, what about whatever, flood zone question or this or that? I'll just be like, oh, I don't have it with me right now, but um, I'll get that information for you. Mm -hmm. The buck stops with you and how you say that. Yes. If you seem unsure and you like make something up, they're going to know it. Mm -hmm. So just say, I don't know right now Mm -hmm. or I'll find out for you. I say that all the time. I'll find out for you. I think when faced with tough questions, we feel like we have to give the perfect answer I never, I mean, I'm always giving the honest answer and it is very right. rarely what they want the answer to be. I know. So, but they appreciate it. They need the truth. You, well, They need the truth and they want you to have an opinion mm-hmm. and give them advice. So right. they want you to say something. If someone asks me, do I need to remove this, you know, shed that's taking up half of my backyard? I'll tell them, look, there might be a buyer who would prefer to have the grass. Mm -hmm. There might be a buyer that loves a great big shed or whatever it is. I'd be like, I don't actually know, but X amount of the buyers might. And like, we're just going to take a guess. Right. Sometimes we're just taking a guess. Yeah. But I think you have to also stand firmly in your, I don't know. Mm -hmm. This is my best advice to you. Like we, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the same thing with pricing. Yes, absolutely. I'm doing the best I can here. It, I know. Based on these numbers that are all over the place and yeah. really having to analyze each individual house. Right. It could just be different based here's on the, the range. season yes. or based on what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. I think that's a good group of what to say. Yeah, when. that's good. And and get some of those snappy responses prepared that you feel comfortable saying even better if they're humor if there's some humor to it. Mm-hmm. Well, clutter eats equity. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, and if you can laugh as you deliver the message, that's really gonna land. Yeah. So just get prepared for those things. The same thing happens over and over again. Yep. I mean, your buyers are gonna, oh, well, I don't want to buy the first house I saw. I've answered all the questions that we've asked today no less than 10 times each. Sometimes 10 times in a month. Right. Uh, Right. They happen over and over and over again. And a lot of these things are answered and addressed in the templates Mm -hmm. because they come up so often. You just want to tell them on the front end. Yep. This is what's going to happen. There you go. Here it is. Take it all now. Okay. Are you ready for a toast? I am. Delightful. Let me get it for you. Oh, I wasn't I wasn't adequately prepared. I feel like I need um, filler here. Oh, no, I got it. Um, This toast is from Michelle. I don't know. Michelle Playden. Okay. Don't make me tell you where she is because I don't know. Okay. Michelle's out in the world and she wants to toast to her husband. Oh. I know. They just got married in May. He is my number one fan and biggest motivator. He's the one who told me to try real estate in the first place. Okay. I listen to your podcast 24-7, either in the car or when I'm cooking, cleaning, getting ready for work. He'll listen to it with me while I have it on sometimes. And thanks, you guys are great, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. So funny. I know a big part of my success in real estate so far is because of him. Before I made the switch uh, to traditional I don't know what that means. I said I was a little scared because what if I don't do well? And he just said, why wouldn't you? Just a simple That's question. Sweet. But he said it without hesitation because he believes in me 100%. He's just the best at keeping me motivated and believing in myself. 
I am very grateful for him. Unfortunately, I don't know Michelle's husband's name, so cheers to Michelle's husband. Cheers, Michelle's husband. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Playden. Yes. <laughs> uh, you sound like a delight. Yes. So thank you for so being nice such a encouraging. good cheerleader for Michelle. That's wonderful. Okay, cheers, you guys. Cheers. Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.